was popping, was popping, was popping. Welcome, Nikki and Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. What's up, Moose? What up, y'all? And welcome to episode 78. <laughs> and this is a very special episode. Uh, by the time this comes out, this is going to be the death anniversary of the late, great Nipsey Hussle, who we cover here on a regular, but we wanted to dedicate pretty much a whole episode of some of the new branding and business lessons that we've got from Nipsey Hussle. I think as we grow, we look at things a little bit in a different perspective. And Nip has constantly just laid out multiple lessons that you, if you don't hear the interviews about five times, you may not have caught it. So this is what this yeah. episode is about. Moose, how are we feeling about this? Yeah, I'm excited for this one, man. And I don't know, maybe it's an annual tradition that we're about to create tribute uh, episodes for Nip. But no, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. Like you said, always new perspective or new lessons to extract every time you listen. So uh, yeah, let's jump into this one. I'm looking forward to it. Let's get into this intro. Two kids from Queens cut from a different cloth. Now joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never before seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force, but more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. First and foremost, shout out to all our audio listeners, all our viewers, whether you're watching this on YouTube, Facebook, wherever you're watching this, we appreciate y'all. We love y'all. And this couldn't be possible without y'all. But before we get into this, uh, Moose, how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good. I uh, changed my setup slightly because... Uh, so, so for those who don't know, I'm usually sitting on a bar stool that's about, you know, four feet in the air. You know, just as the recordings go on, I'm like, man, this is really uncomfortable. So whenever we do the live episodes, mm -hmm. of course, you and I are always sitting on the couch. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's a sweet little hookup. Not for nothing. I'm able to sit on the couch and be a lot more comfortable. So, yeah, I'm going to give this a try, man. Hopefully this can uh, work out. And uh, maybe I'm getting old. I don't know. Back support, all this craziness mm. but uh mm. ah crazy <laughs> crazy we'll crazy you some uh supplements for your joints and everything later on too uh people possible. If, it's possible if uh yeah if you have a brand that you know uh ha you know can provide moose of some joint relief and pa back pain <laughs> relief you know just uh you know, send it Moose's way. You know what I mean? Getting, yeah. He's getting old. He's getting old. Getting I'm just old. saying. A <laughs> little bit. A little bit. Little um, bit. <laughs> me, for me, I'm Gucci. Um, I'm just excited about to get into this episode because this opened my mind and you'll uh, hear why I'm about to say this. Like, Moose needs to sign me somewhere. Like, where, where am I signed to? Like. Hey, we taking, I mean. <laughs> We 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 uh we'll listen to some offers, y'all. I mean, listen, y'all send an email. What's a, what's a, what's the show email? I mean, Nikki, at deeper than the brand, I'm sure right. you'll get some right. emails over there. Yeah, get we gotta get an yeah, official man, yeah. email. Official official Nikki and Moose email. I think we created one, but it was like 
Yeah, maybe a, a while back. But yeah, y'all said, hey man, I'm I'm listening. I'm willing to listen to you. You know what I'm saying? If you got a pitch, if you wanna you wanna pitch a deal real quick, and you're like, hey, I think I I got this idea for Nikki. I want to do this. I'll, I'm all ears. I'm all ears. We're listen. we're uh, we're we're willing to listen to some offers right now. I'm just saying. Let's let, let's get into the episode so they know what in the world we're talking about. I'm just saying. So of course, uh. If if y'all didn't know, if y'all can't, for those viewers, y'all can't see the hat and y'all can't see the the you know the hoodie, you know. So, uh, we we talking about Nipsey Hussle today, um, in just celebration of his life, and let's let's look at this uh, for our audio listeners. We have a an amazing picture Crazy. of Crazy. everything that Nipsey has ever done really like let's just start off with how many people who he he hired i mean forty one thousand three hundred and sixty nine people not not just a hundred not i just hired 10 of my homeboys yeah that is a lot hired assisted or impacted 41,000 people. I think that is crazy first and foremost. But um just looking at this whole picture of seeing everything that he was involved with. I mean, you got everything from entertainment to food to lifestyle to tech to real estate to philanthropy. Um it's just I didn't I didn't know he was so involved with so many things until I saw this picture. I don't I don't know about you, Moose, but that 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 is a lot of things going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for real. I mean, I, I'm I'm familiar with him being an early investor into crypto and and looking to get into a few different places. But I think you spoke to it. The first number that sticks out. You talk about legacy because I think that's one of those buzz terms that a lot of us in this generation, of course, uh, want to talk about, work toward, and leave something behind for future generations to come. You talk about legacy. I mean, that number right there has to really scream loud. 41,000, you know, over 41,000 people hired and helped. I mean, that is incredible. You talk about, especially given the fact that this is someone who wanted to stay home, like regardless of his success, he always came back mm-hmm. to LA and help people specifically in that Crenshaw area. That's phenomenal. It's like you're coming back to the community and, and wanting to build there specifically. So for me, that number sticks out huge. That's, that's incredible. Yep. And, and total uh, projected value of investments for the community tech lifestyle ventures is 210 million dollars 413 and you know 500 but like 210 million dollars that less that's insane but of course what uh a part of this episode is going to talk about is definitely the proud to pay campaign and in this picture it says uh introduce uh proud to pay model earning over an estimate of 1.5 million as an independent artist figure. This figure doesn't include merchandise and touring, which 
is crazy, right? Wow. And we we've covered before the hundred dollar mixtape, and for those who don't know what that was, um, clearly as it says, he sold a mixtape for a hundred dollars, had thousand like I think like a thousand copies of that, right? Um, had people like Jay Z buy into it, support it. People thought he was crazy, but uh, I want to talk about the business model of it because we think when we have a crazy idea like that, like oh my god, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, what happens, right? And what Nipsey said when somebody asked, like, did did you ever? worry if this wasn't going to work or not. I was like, oh, my man's a genius, but don't believe me. You hear it, okay? You hear it. Racking leading up to that, like, damn, like, should I? Like, what if nobody comes and spends $100 on this? Nah, I didn't even, I wasn't worried because it came out on iTunes the next morning and it came out uh, as a mixtape the next day. So that whole business model already built. You're going to tour off the music. You're going to, you know what I mean, get your iTunes money or Spotify money. So if nobody bought a hundred dollar CD, every other stream of income off the album was still locked in already. Mm. So it wasn't really we couldn't lose nothing. Win yeah. win almost. It was yeah. If, if two people came, we was gonna be two hundred up. Mm. Mm. I love that. Talk about being like educated about your industry or your space that you already know. What is the standard basic model or basic expectation that you are going to get out of what you're doing, right? Like it's like there is no guessing game as it relates to this. However, comma, as you would say, right, there is opportunity for us to innovate and try something new Mm -hmm. or give something exclusive to the true, more dedicated individuals or people who really appreciate the music and the art that we have put out. And so let's try to give them a a more closer experience or a more exclusive experience. So leading up to that time, he's, he was someone who was always community-based, right? So he's he's been big on community. He's been serving and kind of giving out a lot of his music and built a pretty good community. So I love the fact that one, he understands the model or he understands what is there. And while this got more attention, it didn't seem like it was the the primary move, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it stood out because it's like, what? You sold the mixtape for $100. So of course th- that, that brought more attention, but that was, there's no telling that that might've been just a kind of like, oh, let's just try this in addition to it because we have nothing to lose being that we got this play, this thing in place. So I think the lesson we can all take away from this here is, yes, innovate, yes, try new things, but make sure that there is a fundamental layer that's always in place that you can fall back to no matter what happens so that you're not risking your entire investment. Yeah, I think, oh, this is uh this is eye opening because it's like sometimes we don't have to recreate the wheel, right? It's like I just gotta add on to the business model. I don't have to just come up with a whole new business model. This is stuff if if you heard like the music was gonna come out already, 
The tour was going to happen. The merchandise was going to happen anyways. What can else can I add on that may be in an experimental mode? Yeah. And But I won't lose anything because I already have the things that already work in place. But I may do this one thing a few days early, a day early, whatever. And if it wins, then we could double up. We could do it again, over and over again. If it doesn't, that's okay. Because how we make money already is there. That's a proven system. We're good. So I look at it like, what are some of the proven systems that, you know, is in our industry that we could just tack on an idea? You know, do this and then it works, right? To then maybe later on with proven facts, like steer away if we don't necessarily like that model, the proven model already, like we could not even care about that and just have it in that one thing. Of course, y'all know I'm going to bring up Kanye. Okay. Yes, I am. Mm -hmm. um, that's what Kanye did with the STEM player, right? Yeah. Like- I've I proven, and to be honest, that's exactly what he did. Like, he came out with Donda. He he came out with the STEM player. People bought the STEM player as well as still stream Donda, right? But then he was like, I don't need the streaming platforms. I'm going to just release it on the STEM player and still make millions, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's all about, how do I make back the 30% that Apple takes? Like, how do I make back some of the fees? Um, and, and don't only think like just music. There's going to be fees whether we use like a Shopify. There's going to be uh, fees if we use, um, let's say, Stripe or something like that, right? There's, there's going to be fees that we're always going to think of when we use like middleman stuff or, or use big items. And he said, how can I have complete ownership and complete profits if I put up the money and I, you know, create it all? If somebody buys it, I'm up. Yeah. I'm up. And so I, I didn't even know. I thought the the mixtape was like came super early and then down the line the music came out whatever um but this was just a win-win situation that I'm now looking at some of the things we do and I'm like well, how can it be a win-win like how can mm -hmm. we still be innovative but not take an L in anything that we exactly. do exactly exactly I don't have exactly. to I don't have to try to be this ultimate innovator and woo 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 and 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 be proud that you know a uh, hundred of my ideas failed but this one worked I, that sounds right. exhausting right. yeah no that yeah <laughs> no for real for real it's like and the key ingredient here too is demand it's like mm. as long as you have demand from an audience or a key target for what is it that you have to offer you really have opportunities to try new things. Yeah. But yeah, like, like we said, I think, and, and we're both kind of mirroring the same thing here is the proud to pay campaign made it seem as though that was the idea. 
Yeah. Not that there were these other concepts around it or, or there were other things in place. And that was a bonus concept that worked so well. So it got most of the attention, mm -hmm. but yeah, that that's definitely a good way to look at it as, as much as possible. We should look to never take an L going into somebody's deals. Talk about it. Yeah. But, uh, I was watching another interview and there was supposed to be a proud to pay situation with victory lap. Like there was supposed to be a book. Um, mm. I don't know if it was uh, the first rap radar or the second rap radar interview, which we, you're going to see a lot of rap radar uh, footage in this episode. Just letting you guys know, cause it was a really good interview, but he was saying that there was going to be a book and you would see some of the lyrics and like where it was scratched off and where he went a different direction oh, that's dope. and things like that. And it's crazy. Cause I had text out to my text community on some, we sometimes focus on trying to get a hundred thousand followers and a million followers, right. Where we just need to concentrate on grabbing a thousand loyal fans because mm -hmm. we can come up with an idea for $100, real quick, launch it, and make 100 k in a heartbeat right. by concentrating on getting 1,000 loyal fans instead of 100 k Because loyal fans would be interested in that lyrics and seeing it scribbled and everything. I was like, where is this book? Right. Hello, right. where is I would pay for that particular thing. And hopefully that does come out still, but that's the power of building loyal fans. That's the power of building those, those super fans. Right. I found out, um, and, and shout out to when I went to social media, uh, marketing world, there was a, uh, individual that DM me that was like, yo, uh, I'm Native American and actually saying tribe is offensive to us. Yes. Mm. Like she was like, I know it's, uh, I know it's a popular term in marketing and things like that. Um, Cause you want to build your tribe, but that's actually a very racial slur to uh, the Native American. I, I didn't know this. So right. I said, Thank you for because you know I never yeah you, for you sure hear we it don't and everything need no harm. Yeah, yeah so um I will definitely be more conscious and if any listener had is of Native American descent and stuff like that if this is true because that was only one person if this is true please DM me and let me know like yeah Nikki yeah. that is G give us the confirmation right yeah, right 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 but because I don't wow. have the confirmation I'll still be a little bit cautious of it, but I say all that because um, that's what Nip was really good. Like he was big on growing a strong following, like a strong fan base in order to do these proud to pay. Like, of course uh, there's going to be people who are going to bootleg it. There's going to be people yeah. who are going to listen for free, but for those people who, truly rock with it after listening to it it's like oh how can i support my man how can i do this how can i do that and he understood he at least had 
a thousand people, even though he was glo- global. Well, back then it was more nationwide, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but he knew he at least had a thousand people to do that. And then when he saw the success of that, right, it was okay. Let's do pop up shops now at the tour. So now right. that it worked once, okay, let me do this in each city that I'm at. And God knows how, if it said 1.5 mil, and then think about, he also sold, I believe, 60 copies of mailbox money that were a thousand each. Mm. What? Brilliant. That's Crazy. brilliant. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. But a continuation of that is how he thinks about monetizing like his connections, right? So if you're, if you know you have a strong connection with your fan base, what are all the different ways of monetizing that? He touched on it. It was a really dope clip. Let's talk about it. I don't even think selling a CD for $100 is what the valuable thing is. I think that the valuable thing is to be creative with how you monetize the connection mm. that the music created. Yeah. Because we get we got trained by tradition on how to monetize the connection. But, you know, there's other people participating in that transaction that didn't have nothing to do with how the connection was made. Mm. Mm. So I was confused a little bit from that last part, right? Um, because the the question was for for those who don't know, it was like, yo, can anybody, you know, do the hundred dollar mixtape? And he was like, yo, I don't think I'm special, right? But it's mm. all about, um, you know, how creative you can get. Now that last part where he said the whole, um, there's certain people that are like not even connected to the connection. He's talking about. Like Apple, he's talking about like some of the, uh, you know, the people, the middleman people that, you know, may have to pub it up and get a percentage and things like that. He's like, yo, what are the the creative ways I can monetize this particular thing? And I'm like, that's so, so simple, but so impactful at the same time, because now it gets us to open our minds to know that as long as there's people who rock with us, we could try this and that and and this over here in order to put a price tag on it and they will buy it, right? Yeah. Like, who was to say if... I, I saw something really dope um, that I was that was looking up, like... NFT memberships, right? Um, so it, it, it gets rid of, you know, um, some of these transaction fees like Stripe and things like that, where it's yeah. uh, everything's going through the blockchain and it's, you can see like you have a timestamp with the, the NFT and when that timestamp is done, you have to renew your membership and everything that we know of exclusive content, you know, uh, VIP status, 
that is now all through just the blockchain, right? And I'm like, that's a different way of showing the after show. That's a different way of, you know, giving people uh, exclusive access to us. And those are the different ways he's kind of referring to, like how creative can you get with monetizing the connections? Because once you have that, that attention from somebody, once you have that trust from somebody, it's almost like you can steer them in any different direction as long as you don't break that trust. As long as you deliver with what you, you're going to say you're going to do, they're there. So try new things. Try, um, you know, to give them access that no one else has. Try a certain price that no one else has. You know, get inspired. He got inspired by a restaurant. Get inspired by something that's outside of your industry and try it in, in, in your industry and see how it works out. But get creative yeah. instead of doing the typical, okay, once I'm in this year, I have to do put out these products and services. And then I have to do this. And then I have to do that. And then I have to do that. And just to piggyback off the first lesson we did, once you get creative, attach it to a model that already works just to test it out. We got to test out, you know, we got to test certain things out in the market. It's not yeah. throw up in the air and pray to God and be like, he said it's going to work, even though that does work a lot of times. But um, <laughs> I don't want to, yeah. I definitely don't want to yeah. give bow bow later. But yeah, facts. Um, I'm saying that we also have to go with facts that, that come with our industry. And the only way we do that is testing it. But that creative vibe, when you get that connection, is super golden. Like, I, I don't know why I really like that bar, but it, like, opened my mind. With those two lessons together, I was like, oh, what, am yeah. I, what am I doing? What am I, yeah. what am I doing? For sure. You know, what, you know what's interesting is that in, in business, in most business, one of the most profitable yet underutilized areas of business, and, and, I, and I almost want to say traditionally by people of our culture, right? Mm -hmm. Minorities, black and brown folks, just because I know there's, of course, an element of exposure. Yeah. And then there's an element of most of our skill sets and creativity being on consumer the consumers facing side of the business that we don't focus on a segment of it that deals in distribution, manufacturing, right? So when he's talking about there's someone who is profiting or getting, you know, a percentage of the connection, although they're not involved in the connection, like you mentioned, there's, he's talking about the, the apples and the other DSPs that are going to profit just by simply sharing your music. They did nothing. Right. Right. All they did was they served as a bridge to help you uh, gain access to a listening base or to the world. Well, that same concept exists in a lot of other parts of the business. You got to mm -hmm. think about, well, your domain and your website host. That's uh, someone who's profiting off of a connection that had nothing to do with the connection. Uh, the stripes. The, you know, a lot of these like paywalls or the yeah. people that connect money, the PayPal's, 
Yeah. Same thing. They they created a solution to serve as a middle, almost like a middleman for the business. Gateway, that yep. they did nothing. Yeah, they did nothing to help you in creating your business. I mean, of course, they're helping you collect payments. So yeah, there's a con- there's a contribution there, but but it's so fundamental, so practical. And it serves a wide range of business. You go on another side, you start thinking about the manufacturing, right? Like the the people who design the clothing, or not the design the clothing, excuse me, but they make the clothing, they print the clothing, they they do all of this other stuff. They ship it. There are so many other areas and channels in business that profit from your creativity, from your uh, desire to bring something to the marketplace that I think that same line has to open up our minds to say, man, what what other middleman or gateway am I using so much of that I can just buy out or create that 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 almost arm or channel for myself and for others? And I, I do think that that is a big part of where we're headed. I know it's something that you and I have talked about, about, okay, how can, how can we stretch our move back to be a layer or how can we stretch what we're doing to be a layer back, a layer deeper and not just more broader or more front facing, but how can we go deeper into the, you know, into the roots, into the technology, into something that spreads across that gateway or across that bridge so that more people can benefit from it because they're using it or all using it, but we don't own it. And so we're losing a third of our profits just off of that. Ownership, people. Ownership. Ownership. <laughs> we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Little by little. But, 100%. Uh, but, but also another one to piggyback off of the t- these two lessons, right? Piggyback um, off the piggyback. Off the piggyback off the piggyback. <laughs> uh, you got to know your numbers. At the same time, you got to know basic math and the reason why these mixtapes, these proud to pay campaigns worked out so well is because Nip understood his numbers and Moose found a really dope uh, clip about that from the Rap Radar uh, interview. (laughs) We love you, uh, B-Dot and Elliot. Uh, We just love you. Just let you know that. Hey, some I swear I read some article about Joel Santana, and he he was getting fifteen thousand a show. That was my goal. I'm like, I'm gonna get fifteen thousand, and I'm gonna go Indian sell fifty thousand units. If I get eight dollars a CD, yeah, I'm gonna be in the in the ballpark of a half a million off my off my um. Lipsy's math is real. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, we could. That's that's a cool mathematics, you know. And I, we ain't have no paranoia that came with that hustle. You ain't hear helicopters at night and think they was about to kick your door in. Yeah, one of the more, I, this is, of course, one of my favorite parts of business because I, I naturally love numbers, but you really can't be in business today if that's not something that you're tracking first and foremost, mm-hmm. and then also aware of. So I used to make the mistake of telling people, oh, you got to know your numbers, but you can't know your numbers if you're not tracking your numbers, mm. right? So there, there's an element of, okay, it's got to be important enough for me to start looking into it and saying, okay, beyond just the money, because that's like money, revenue, or even net sales, gross sales, however you want to look at it, that's just one layer of the business. And also, it's, it's a metric or an outcome 
that you can only count after most of your transactions or your activity have already occurred. The best way to really get involved in numbers is to start figuring out what are the things that I do on the back end? What are the things that I do as I near a transaction that impact the final result? Mm -hmm. As I start figuring out, oh, typically when I speak to this many people, it seems like it's, uh, it's every third person I speak to that I generate a sale. It's every fifth person that lands on our site, an average of one in every five per, uh, people that will purchase a hat or that will purchase a program, right? Getting involved in those types of metrics will let you know, okay, so I can't just put a goal of saying, I wanna make $100,000 or $10,000 a month. I have to start figuring out what are the metrics or the numbers that are stimulating my business so that I can start putting more effort and energy in those, whether it be through marketing, advertising, just even in the way you run your business and, and have certain processes in place, mm -hmm. that will help stimulate more direct success. So of course I picked this clip because I'm like, oh wow, he knows exactly how much he's gonna profit per album. It's like $8 times this, times that, it's gonna help me get to this number. So, oh, I could work with that math and it's stress-free. So it just shows like, again, these, these people that we look up to, these people that we appreciate and admire, they, they're not just getting lucky and they're not just talented. Like talented is, a, is definitely a part of the equation. They are yes. most definitely talented, yes. right? Uh, like one of the people on uh, the documentary that I was watching today, he was like, he's a wordsmith. He, he's phenomenal with words. That's how he came up with TMC and, and it was DMC. And he figured out instead of DMC is going to call it, the marathon continues or the marathon clothing. So it was like a play on, you know, the same three letters and built two other layers of the, uh, the brand in there. I was like, oh, that's awesome. So yeah, they are talented, but they study, they're mindful of that the talent is one thing and the business is another thing. So those numbers, I, again, and I, I just was like, yeah, no, we got to include that in there because it's not, it's not a favorite thing. Like most people are like, ah, you can miss me with the math. But we all need to know the math. It's important. I lean on moves for math and numbers. <laughs> so I'm not even going to uh, piggyback off of what Moose said. I just, no piggyback off no the piggy piggyback. Off, piggyback off the piggyback. <laughs> yep. That's what, if, if I didn't know the title of this already, I would call it piggyback. But anyways, um, let's talk about um, some current news. Of of Nipsey Hussle, right? Which is uh, Nipsey Hussle's family is creating the Marathon Clothing Store number two in mm. LA to honor his legacy, which I believe is huge because the fact that this man is gone and he is still coming out with clothes every single week, um, and they are finally opening up. Uh, another store if for those who don't know uh, the original store was where he was killed and has not reopened ever since they kind of made that into like just a memorial situation um, and I don't think anybody would want to like work there I think it's too traumatic but um, they're going to open up a new store in LA and um it was one of 
Nip's dreams to kind of franchise it, you know, across the U.S., um, going back on the whole proud to pay if he would have 10 stores and dropped the $100 uh, mixtape, we're, we're looking at like a million dollars. You feel me? Like mm. that. So he had all intentions of, I need to get this more out there because there's not everybody who's going to go to LA. There's not everybody who's going to go to some of the tour dates and things like that. So he was trying to make it uh, just more of a franchise. Now, where did the idea of the marathon clothing and getting into fashion come from? Uh, we got a clip of that too. Obviously having a passion for music since day one, the dream and the vision was to, um, you know, start a label and start a, a music movement, a music brand. And then just thinking like, as a chess player, you know, assuming that we would have success in music, the next thing became, dang, what will we do next? And just looking at the blueprint that people like Jay and Puff lay, mm -hmm. we like wanna, you know, mm -hmm. offer our opinion into fashion. So, the, this goes normally based off what we've, we've spoken about in the past, um, it's just following the blueprint, right? Nip had the foundation of music, but what else can I do that, you know, I can make a business off based off just who I am? So, of course, once he got a, you know, his, his music on and running, then he created a record label, all, in, uh, all money in, right? Then, okay. I'm wearing the clothes, marathon clothing, right? For those who who partake, uh, he smokes, marathon cultivation, right? Um, as far as, you know, the Puma deals and even um, the, the, the record label, everything was under All Money In and the marathon, right? Which makes me think... Like, sometimes we, we are too close to our name, right? He said something that totally opened my mind and hence why I started the beginning of this uh, episode. Like, where am I going to be signed to, right? Or maybe that was the, the other intro that I messed up. If you heard that, cool. I, don't, I can't remember anymore. But no, I think it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was this one. Okay, so um, so he was talking about the Puma deal that he has. Uh, Marathon Clothing and Puma are still coming out with amazing jumpsuits and sneakers and things like that, um, which he was working on before he died. And he said something to the effect where it's Marathon and Puma. It, it's not going to be a Nipsey uh, jumpsuit. It's not going to be a Nipsey sneaker is going to the marathon and uh, Puma. You know, Atlantic is not signing Nipsey. Atlantic is signing All Money In. And I'm part of, um, like I'm an artist of All Money In. So it makes me think of like anything that we're a part of, like anything that we're doing, can we create a business around it? 
and have whatever deals that are going to come about part of the business, not of us. So an example is like, and, and we've talked about it, if there's going to be deals with Nikki and Moose, right, it's going to be under the business and not under Nikki and Moose, right? right? And that is due to, because it's the business is going to last longer than the individual, right? Mm-hmm. When Nipsey passed, the marathon would, still continues, no pun intended, but yeah, the marathon still continued. They're still dropping till this day, new clothing. Like Puma came out with the recent jumpsuit not too long ago. Um, the marathon clothing itself is dropping. They dropped a tactical uh, launch th- last week or something like that. This brand hustled uh, is a new is a new joint from a couple of like months ago. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, all Money In is still coming out. Jay Stone had came out with his album. Uh, Pac-Man came out with his, his album. So things are still moving without him. Now, could it have slowed up? I believe, and this is my belief, and I'm, and I'm not in L.A. to say this for sure, but I believe that the All Money In records may have taken a, a hurt when he passed, but it's still uh, still going on now, right? Yeah. Would it it could have gotten more momentum because I believe once Nips uh since Victory Lap did so amazing, it was only right that who's up next, you know, and kind of promoted in that kind of way. I believe it could have gotten way more momentum if he was alive, right? But I think the clothing actually got mo- more momentum when he passed. Yeah. yeah. Because people wanted the whatever they could, a piece of Nipsey, somehow, some way. Like, of course, the music went up, the streams went up. You know, uh, there was a pop-up shop that I was a part of that, that sold out. That was great, you know. Um, but... The clothing was sold out for months once he passed. Mm. And then still now, what it was three, four years later, people are still buying it up. They had to buy a whole new warehouse. Right. You know? And and it's like, and, and I say all that because I'm like, we have to leverage and create businesses based off what we're doing and not think that our name is going to have so much power for the whole time because Mm -hmm. let's say um let's just say nipsey's influence went down somehow some way just timing you know everybody in music has a certain time frame besides jay-z but um you know they, they there is some dips some if he didn't put it under a business that that he's under right um then it could that could have taken a dip nipsey yeah. clothing could have taken a dip nipsey's music label could have taken a dip you know the puma deal could have taken a dip so i i'm like 
okay, what am I signed? Am I signed to deeper than the brand? Am I like, like I'm looking at this, like what, what is Nikki and Moose going to be under? What are some other likes that I have that we just create a business under instead of, and this is going to be clearly a conversation with me and Moose later down the road, probably tomorrow or something like that. Like really making a list of all the things that we are involved in, right? And whether it's our own personal LLC or nothing, whatever. Yeah. And what can be the business out of it that we could attach those joints to? Like it's. Yeah. I, I was just so, I was just so like amazed by like the strategic movement of I'm involved. You're going to know my presence. Like this deal was made because of me, but it is to set up for legacy. It's not set up for just me. It's set up. So like my team can win, but though, and and he even spoke about um, when he he was supposed to sign with Ross, right? Mm -hmm. Him and MMG were in like this close to doing something. But he said it didn't happen because my original team wouldn't have gotten credit for Nipsey Hussle's success, right? The way that Ross had it, he provided an amazing deal. Um, But I wanted the original team to be the reason for my success. And so it's just, it becomes bigger than you when you create the businesses and you leverage the things that you like, that you love, that you're a part of, and you make them into actual businesses, um, it just becomes bigger than you. It's it's really, truly that, you know, that generational wealth. I went really on a rant. I apologize. Yeah. No, that's, that's really good though. That's really good. I mean, I like, I like how you kind of layered it down into the business being under a business. Cause I, I, I didn't think of that. I didn't think of it that same way, but a great point nonetheless, what came to my mind was for those of you who remember from the Virgil episode, may he rest in peace as well. Yeah. He talked about why, you know, he passed. called his brand, unfortunately. Yeah. Very sad. But he talked about why he named his brand off white and didn't use his name. Mm-hmm. And he talked about how our names are our most precious thing. So whenever we tie our names to the brand, it kind of loses, not loses, but we are almost handicapping ourselves for, or handcuffing ourselves for whatever may happen down the line. Mm-hmm. So I, I favor this, that, that model as well, where name the company or the brand around an idea or a concept that you're trying to accomplish, right? So the marathon continues it's like, it's a slogan that can be carried on and passed down. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we have to remember, especially when it comes to this conversation, you can't pass down a talent. There's a... How, wait, there's, first of all, you're not going to speed past that. Like, you didn't just say what you just said. Yeah, there's a lot that, that, that that's DNA, that's God. That's a lot. You can't say, oh, I'm going to pass down this musical gift to my child. Maybe, I would hope you can. Maybe, you know, like, I I certainly do hope that they have the desire, 
You can't pass down the talent, but you can pass down a product. You can pass down a process, something that you trademark or that is unique to you or that is specific to what you've established that can carry on. Mm -hmm. So I love that clip and I love the way you speak about it as well, because the thing that I feel has gotten the most attention since his passing is the clothing line. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's one of those moves. Notice the difference now. And, and this is probably something that we need to all learn from as well. He didn't call it. Oh, uh, it's, it's my merch. Mm-hmm. No, it was a fashion brand. It was a mm-hmm. clothing line, right? Like it, it's be, it became its own thing. And I think a lot of us, especially in the personal branding or even this, like the entrepreneurship space, we think of merch as a side hustle. Mm-hmm. As a mini, like little, okay, yeah, let me just kind of get a few pieces off. I'm going to make a couple of dollars. If that, it doesn't matter. At least I just have something to wear instead of wearing, I don't know, a Nike shirt. Right. Like, but when, and that's cool. That can get you through for a season. But when you enter into it with that mentality of this is going to be a clothing line, you hire designers, you think about your manufacturers, you think about your material, you think about it differently. And I think that's why, X amount of years later, they're still putting out new products. So I will say, I think that's, that's a great takeaway for us to all kind of keep in our minds as well. Let's not just call it merch anymore. If we're going to enter in that space, are we ready to start our own clothing line in addition to what we have in place? No, that's facts. And, and a- another thing is like, because uh, I looked at the picture again, how he opened up the Marathon Agency. So mm-hmm. he saw that proud to pay work. So let's do that for other artists. And the first client of the marathon agency was Nip. Like, uh, you know, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. okay, I'm everything. That's the thing that I'm saying. Like, everything that he was doing, he had it under him as a as a business, and then. Yeah, the G- Hmm? That's cool. I was going to say the genius behind that, and that's probably why he's able to get so many people under his name that have been employed, is for one, that department or that new company gets like the testimonial or the rep for helping Nip become successful, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? At the same time, he owns that part of the company as well, but mm-hmm. that company can now go on without him. It's like, yo, it, it really is a smart and intelligent way to do business and not feel like you need to be the face or at the forefront of everything for it to survive. It's like, no, I can still attach myself to it so that it can have its own energy, but it it doesn't need me to run. Right. Yep. Make another agency and all that great stuff. Yeah. We need, we we need some more stuff. Yeah. For real. I told you this one was going to make you think a little bit. I was like, I don't know if he caught why I did that part. I was like, this is fire. This is fire. Now, um, on another note of for my uh, startups, for my uh, inspiring uh, entrepreneurs or the people who are beginning entrepreneurship, the uh, do it yourself to save money kind of concept. Um, you know, you have to learn all the 
tricks of the trade in order to give it away and things like that. I'm still very big on that. Like you got to do some of the things on your own just to understand the foundation and the vision, right? But there is a negative side of doing everything on your own in the beginning. Or if you're past the beginning and you're still doing a lot of things, there's a negative side to it. So this is, this is what Nip said. You got to stop it yourself. You take your mind out of creative mode and you kind of get in mechanical mode. You listen to yourself almost, yeah. like and critiquing you, yourself. Yeah, and then you, you just doing rewind and playback. That type of thought process is different than like fishing for words mm-hmm. and trying to like tap into a cadence. It's a different part of the brain. So it, it kind of conflict doing both. So I would, I would just like try to not focus on the record part, yeah. have like a real setup process where it was like a three button thing mm. and try to stay tuned in to the delivery of the lyrics. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, this, this, this reminds me of uh, our flight assessment talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like when we talk about know your role, know your space, but the, I think one of the, the way he, he's spinning it here, he's not necessarily just saying, Oh, don't learn something that you're not good at or, uh, or, or, or the typical, oh, make sure you hire people for the things that you're not good at. Right. I think in a way he's saying, I don't want to try to do two things at the same time. Yes. So it's like, if I'm going to record, I'm going to focus on recording and then I'll come back and do the production side of it. Mm-hmm. But I won't try and do both at the same time because one is going to interrupt my creative process or one is going to interrupt my workflow. So it's like if you're, you don't have the resources that you need to hire people and get all these people in place. It's like this might be the way to still be able to do what you need to get out there. Mm -hmm. But that might be the shift that you need to make and not try to do all of these things at the same time. It's like create a time or put, put aside some time for this type of task, which, which needs you to be in your analytical state. You need to be fully locked into the accounting and the math and all that good stuff, the stuff that I like, the one that Nikki hates. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe you, you, know, you got to tap in with that. Right. But then come back at a different time for you to think about the, the marketing and the branding and the creative side of things so that you're not trying to do those things simultaneously. So that, that's the part that I heard, Nick. I, I, I think um, that I, I don't know. I don't know if you got the same thing, but that's what I heard. Yeah. Um- I, I heard it in a way like you you actually take yourself out of your own genius by trying to do everything, right? So something similar, but we, and this is also for those who have control issues. Like no one can do it like I can, right? <laughs> yeah, <it's me. laughs> like no, no one can do it as I can and, and, and things like that. And, and I know for me, I recently reached a spot where I'm doing a lot and I can't get into my idea mode. Like one of my superpowers is thinking of different ways, like different ideas in order to make money or in order to grow a brand. Right. And I'm still in a in a phase of doing a lot of the stuff that is now a little bit more time consuming than before for some reason. And it's not allowing me to think of the next and it's not allowing me 
to double down on what is already there and figuring out more ways to get the awareness and things like that. So it's not that it's not being done, but it's not being done in the full capacity that it should be because I'm Mm -hmm. doing that and this. So it could be more of a spontaneous idea, which will still work. Right. But if you would have given me more time, what could have possibly been of that quick idea? You know, like, and what, what he said at the end was very crucial for those people who do have to do it on your own. It's like, what is the workflow that makes it automated so I can go back into my own thing? So sometimes it's not necessarily about, you know, hiring a person just yet if you're not there. It's about what are some uh, productivity apps or systems or just certain workflows that you could put in place that the thing that is not your, like, of course, we put our minds to anything, we can do it. You know, I'm fully believer in that. But if we know we are more of the creative side rather than, as he said, the mechanical side, right, or the system side, then... We need to find a way to automate that mechanical side so we can be creative or even vice versa. Maybe you are the mechanical kind, the system kind, and you're not the creative way. So how can we systemize that part if it's even possible in order for you to do what you do? Like that, it, that shows that you should not stay in that place too long of doing everything or doing certain things. Some people are doing their taxes. They have no business doing taxes right now. Some people are uh, reading emails and doing all the admin stuff and they have no business doing it. You know, there's a lot of things that some of us just have no business doing some some people have no business being in front of the camera right now you know and that's perfect that's not neither one of us i'm not speaking about us um but some people have no business doing that but they feel as if they have to in order to get to different levels right and some and sometimes we feel we can't give this up because no one's going to do it the way we do it but we're not doing it in a full hundred percent anyway so Actually, yes, they can, because their whole situation is to do that. Right. Like, and that is it. And it's going to take some time because how you have it in your head is going to be a little bit different. Right. So that takes a little bit of patience and delegation. But they are only supposed to do that while you're supposed to take over the world. So go take over the world and stop with the little minute stuff. Um, or automate that minute stuff because it's killing you from getting to the next level. That's that's how some of the things that's how I received it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. It's speaking to me. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, we all got kind of go through like those different seasons where even something that worked really, really well for us in a past season mm-hmm. just isn't as effective in this season. You know, like you mentioned, it's like 
I don't know that your workload has changed. I'm sure it has to some extent, mm -hmm. but for whatever reason, like you mentioned, it's taking you more time now. So it's like whatever what was working in the last season may not be as effective in this season. And it requires these little changes and upgrades yeah. to help kind of kickstart some, uh, uh, some creativity or, or just some more productivity. I know for me, a couple of months back, it was, it was the upgrade in my technology. I was like, I, I really think it's slowing me down. And right. maybe part of it was mental. I don't know. But for those of you who work off of one screen and then you get a second screen and, so and you better. can start going back and forth, it's like, yo, I can really do so much more. So, yeah, no, there's a, there, there is a lot of gems in that for sure. Two screens are so much better. I'm just, Two screens. I suggest, <laughs> if you get three, go ahead. Yeah. I'm just saying, if you you still with that one laptop screen or one iMac screen, because we don't promote PC over here, um, I don't know what mm -hmm. to tell you. But you know, um, but listen, uh, long live Nipsey Hustle. Um, like we do this pretty much now every year, um, and then we'll do a. Um, a lesson or two on his birthday because he's a Leo. Shout out to my Leos. You feel me? You feel me? Um, please, 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 please uh, subscribe to the after show, right? Um, we'll dig more into, we'll probably do that uh, creative versus competitive. I don't know. We're, I don't know what we'll do in the after show, but we're going to we'll do something more. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do something else. Um, and follow us on all social media platforms, Nikki and Moose, uh, everywhere. We're doing great things. Uh, and it's because of y'all. So, uh, Moose, final words. Yeah, just um, I'll use one of my favorite quotes from Nipsey, man. And he says, too much of anything is a liability. I think that shows you the perfect balance of life that you could never have. But well, I kind of messed that up. But too much of anything... As a liability. There you go. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, where was I going with that? Just leave it right there. <laughs>